Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Shake the, the hearts of uh, so many of our young people. Thank God. I'll tell you right now, you won't go wrong seeking God. <laughs> if I had advice to give any of our our teenagers tonight, it would be you chase God with all your heart. You go after God in every way you can. You'll wake up 50 years from now thanking God that you, you was following Him. Thank God I'm saved. Turn with us tonight to the book of Romans, chapter number 2. I'm just going to follow God tonight. He's given a thought to my heart. Uh, my goodness, I, I don't know if uh, I had two or three people ask, said, have you just quit recording? And I said, well, no, we haven't. But I don't know when the last time I preached, and, and I think when I did, maybe David was gone that, that day, and... Uh, but boy, I thank God he's been here in a mighty way and and certainly hadn't needed me to get in the way and I want to be careful and and uh, I'll challenge these other men here tonight to be careful too. Listen, if if God don't need us, stay out of the way. Uh, he knows what to do. We don't. And I'm so glad to get to be here tonight. And, and I'll tell you, I, I appreciate the good crowd here tonight again and I, I just... But, but more than that, I want to encourage you tonight. <laughs> uh, I know sometimes the preaching is hard, but I don't know if you're like I am. I like it. Yeah, Amen. I like it when it gets down in and it starts pulling up stuff that had roots I didn't know they had. Um, so I hope you like I believe you too. I, you wouldn't be here if you didn't like it. Uh, but there'll be... There'll be times when you've got to like it and respond to it. Amen. You, you've just got to do something about it. Turn with us, Romans chapter number 2. Um, this thought is just uh, pressed on my heart, and I want to encourage you with it and just pray that God will use it tonight. And I'm praying he'll help me. Romans chapter number 2. I'm going to begin with verse number 1 and uh, read down through verse number 10 quickly. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest just the same things. But we are sure, like this, that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Now, if you'd read chapter 1, you know about the things he's talking about. And thinkest thou this, O man, that thou judgest, O man, that judges them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath, against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Look at verse number 7 with me. 
to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Father, we pray you'd open your word to our heart as we open our heart to your word. We need it to change us, Father. And so we pray earnestly for the unction in it that it might touch us, the Holy Spirit quickening us, quickening us to receive it and allowing as we become obedient to it, it to change us and make us what we need to be. I pray for the conviction needed in it that those sitting among us would not tarry but would come to you and find repentance of heart. Thank you for what you're going to do as we completely trust you now for the results. For we ask it believing in Jesus' perfect name. Amen. Amen. Look at your Bibles with us tonight in verse number 7. There's a phrase there that I want you to take away tonight as a text, and it is patient continuance in well-doing. Patient continuance in well-doing. As I think about the many today that uh, serve alongside of us, each one of us having a different function as different members of the body of Christ. We have different roles, and different purposes, and each one of us unique and individual. I'm reminded of the importance of sticking to it, staying with it, not giving up. I can tell you right now, if you leave it up to the flesh, you'll give up. You'll lay it down. The flesh doesn't want anything to do with the things of God, never has. The Word of God's clear about that. Our flesh is contrary to the things of God. So I want to encourage you tonight in patient continuance. Patient continuance in well-doing. I want to start, as I was thinking and praying about this, uh, really, all of today and part of yesterday, I was really asking God, how how do you introduce this topic? Because if I'm not careful, I just jump right into it. But I really want you to get in here with me, right? I want you to come on up in here right now and, and feel what I'm feeling. Because <laughs> there's a need in this world today for patient continuance and well-doing. I was reminded, and I've already quoted the Scripture in part, but let me read to you just a couple of Scriptures. Look in your Bible with us in Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1 Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, he said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And listen to what he said. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, before you conjure in your mind and conclude what I'm going to preach about tonight, I want you to know that it's not just about patience. Patience is part of it. Patience is part of it. But it's as much about the race as it is patience. Because I want to suggest to you tonight that if you don't have patience, you ain't going to finish the race. Because this ain't no sprint. It's a marathon. 
If I live, you see, I'm going to get the opportunity. If I live another 10 years, another 20 years, maybe 30 years, I don't have any idea how long I've got on this earth. But I need to be patient as I wait on God to do what I can't do. Because here's what I'm believing today, is that God is a great God, and he wants to do the things that I can't do. He wants to make that work possible through our own faith and he wants to prove to us who he is. So may I say to you today that seeing we have a cloud of witnesses and who were those witnesses? Well, if you read the 11th chapter of Hebrews, it was full of those men and women of faith who believed in God, who died believing in God. And I've got some of them heroes in my own life and they also are already gone from here, but they're still a witness to me that Jesus is worth serving. He's not worth serving just one time a week but he's worth serving every day of the week. He's worth serving on Sunday night, on Wednesday night on Thursday night. Jesus is worth serving all the time. Patient, continuance and well doing. That is something that you'll have to set your mind to. You're going to have to remind yourself that brother in order to make a difference in this world we're going to have to be patiently continuing in those things that God has given us to do. Just because you don't see the results today, amen, doesn't mean you lay down on God or you give up on God, but you need to be patient and you need to continue in doing the good things that God has called you to do. Now, I'm not going to preach to you tonight about all the good things or all the things that he has given us as a responsibility or all the things we have as the men and women of faith. I just want you to bundle all that up and take it for what it is. It's the well-doing that God has placed in your soul and mind and we need to continue in those things patiently. We don't need to give up. We don't need to, we don't need to let up. Amen. We can rest when we get to heaven. Right now, we've got an opportunity to make a difference for God if he'll continue with his Holy Spirit to move in us and allow the fire of God to create within us our own, our own fire for him. Brother, he wants to do what we can't do, but we're going to have to have patient continuance in well-doing. I want to read to you tonight from your Bible, James chapter number five, verse number seven. Let me read this here as I'm still trying to introduce the topic. James chapter number five, verse number seven, James wrote, be patient, therefore. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the... You can preach all night on this one verse. (laughs) Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. You say, what's he he saying, preacher? He's saying, listen, if you've got a seed sowed, you just need to wait patiently. You need to water that thing. You need to you need to hoe around that thing. Keep the weeds away from it. I'm, I'm speaking physically, but understand what I'm trying to say tonight. We have got work to do. And brother, if we let down on any bit of that, hey man, we're going to suffer in a way, friend, that might 
might be that we don't see fruit of what we started with. We have got to continue patient. What James was trying to say, brethren, and that's what he said. He was talking to the people of God. He said, listen to me, brethren. He said, be patient, therefore, unto the coming of the Lord. You say, preacher, I'm about tired. I, I, I feel like I just need to lay down. Let me tell you something. That's of the devil. Your flesh has lied to you about that all your life. Every time you wake up, he'll say you're tired again. I want you to know it ain't never done anything but lie to you but if you'll press on and you'll give your all for God I believe there's strength for you and I that we ain't never had before. He said be patient therefore brethren unto the coming of the Lord. He's making it clear that my time to give up is when I leave here. I don't know if any of you have made that consideration, but I think I've already come to the conclusion I ain't quitting. I don't know about you, but I ain't quitting. It ain't in my heart to quit. I hope it ain't in your heart to quit. Most of you good people here on a Wednesday night, you're the ones that always come. I don't believe you're quitters. I don't believe, you, I don't believe, I don't believe it's in you to quit either. But I can tell you right now, the Holy Spirit of God that dwells in me, he ain't never quit. And I believe as long as I mind the Holy Ghost of God, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be about his business on Monday as I am on Sunday and Wednesday. And I'm going to have a heart for God and a heart for God's people. We need to be patiently continuing in the good things of God. And we need to be prepared to do it until the coming of the Lord. You say, preacher, all I need is a finish line. I just gave it to you. Amen. You graduate when you die. You get to rest completely when you're dead. Uh, By the way, you ain't dying if you're a child of God. Amen. But your race is not run. I had a preacher tell me one time, he's an old man. He said, I think I'm going to retire. That hurt my feelings. You say, how come? Because I ain't retiring. Now, he might sit me down (laughs) and I might get so ill of health that I can't stand. But I don't believe a child of God retires from what he's been called to do. What about you? How many of you have already resigned in your heart that I'm going to go this way for God or I'm going to do this for another year or two, but I can't keep this pace up? Let me tell you something. You ain't got no idea what you can do or can't do. According to the word of God, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It ain't nothing but our lying flesh every time it tells you, oh, you can't do that. You might as well quit doing that. They ain't listening. You might as well quit telling them. You might as well quit praying. You might as well quit singing. You might as well quit asking. You might as well quit doing. Let me tell you something. What the Bible said was that we need to patiently continue in the well-doing. If we patiently continue in the well-doing, then there's some rewards for it in the end. Let me share with you today, the Apostle Paul used that phrase, that term, in three other places in the New Testament. As I saw this, it encouraged my heart to see how many times that the great Apostle actually recorded this in the epistles to the church. And you know why I think he did that, Ramon? I believe he knew that the church would always struggle with people wanting to give up. The church would all, but because we're flesh, right? Now, not only have I been born again and promised a home in heaven, there's an eternal part of me that you can't see. 
But there's a fleshly part, amen, that wants to whine and it wants to carry on, it wants to lay down, it wants to slow down, and it wants to give up, or it wants to give in. Let me tell you something. According to the word of God, there ain't none of them things in the repertoire of a believer. There ain't any of them things on the on, on, on those things that, that have called us to action. All of these things, friend, are of the flesh today, and what we need to do is recognize that we need to get on the firing line for God and let him give us the strength we need. I believe he will. And I believe if you'll pay attention to your Bible, you'll see that. Number one, the Bible said, as he wrote to the Galatian church. No, this was a church of believers. Certainly they had their issues. Certainly they had the lying prophets coming in there trying to deceive them and to get them off track from the good grace that God had saved them with. And yet the Apostle Paul gives him this in the last chapter of Galatians, chapter number six, verse nine. If you want to look in your Bibles tonight, what you'll see is the Apostle say, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, he said, you shall reap if you faint not. Now let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? What the Apostle Paul said to the Galatian church is the same thing he said to the Romans. The same thing that he said to the to the the Christians in Rome, what he said to them was, is that your patient continuance in well doing is something you need to give attention to. You need to recognize the importance of patiently continuing in the work of God. To the Galatians, he would tell them quite bluntly, "Let let us not be weary in well doing." For you shall reap if you faint not, right? There's, there's the part where he encourages them to make up their minds not to give up, not to give in, not to sit down, not to lay down, but to give all they've got for God. Listen, he said, continue on, you see. Don't be weary in the well-doing. That weary part, that's just your flesh talking. And I get that part. Amen. I get that. I'm sympathetic to people that are weary. I, I, I really understand that. I do. But let me tell you, something there is strength in the Lord and he has told us that over and over and over and instead of claiming the promise of God for strength that we need we'd rather whine about how tired we are we're awful ain't we he'd tell the Galatians he said hey don't be weary in that well doing (laughs) no it's very important. I'm going to get to that before I close tonight, but it's very important that you continue in the well-doing for God. That's what he said to Galatians. He would tell them there in, in, in uh, Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, the third chapter, the 13th verse. He said this, but ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Now, that's almost a direct statement to what he told the Galatian church. He tells the Thessalonica church the same thing. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Why? Because there's something important. 
so important. I'm trying my best to get it out tonight. But there's something important tied to the well-doing. And oh, it's so important that we recognize, church, that we can't give up. We can't let down. I realize that many people have. I realize that there's some that say there ain't no reason to keep on. There ain't no reason. But I want to beg you pardon tonight. I see God working tonight through the willingness, the continued patient working of those who are believers in Jesus Christ. I see the prayers being answered. I witness the power of God among us. You say, how come? Because people here are unwilling to give up to the world. Now, the minute we give up to the world, we'll see it all fall apart again. We'll see it all go down. But as long as we will continue patiently in well-doing, in those things that he has called us to do, he told the Thessalonians, be not weary in well-doing. Peter would say it like this as he wrote to the churches in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 15. Now, this is the last one I'll use for this, but Peter said, for so is the will of God. Now, anytime you hear something say, this is the will of God, you better perk your ears up. Huh? Everybody, everybody, anybody ever said, God, what's your will for me? Here's one of them right here, and I'm fixing to read it to you. First Peter in the King James Bible, First Peter chapter 2, verse 15. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Did you know tonight that it matters how we live? The Bible said to let your light so shine before who? Men. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Now, it ain't glory to you, but it's glory to God. Every time that we're found doing the Lord's work, every time we're found just continuing patiently in the well-doing of God, every time that we're found just prodding along, being faithful unto God as a good steward, every time that we lay our life down for him, amen, he lifts us up. Every time we give our best, brother, he takes what ain't much and turns it into something. We need to be not weary in this well-doing thing. Because he wants them to know, Peter said, he said, for so is the will of God that by your well-doing, that with the well-doing you may put to silence the foolishness of ignorant men. Brother, we live in, we live in a day where there's some foolishness going on. Amen. There's some foolishness going on. You say, preacher, I don't even know how to combat some of the ungodly and the wicked things that are going on, the, 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 the wicked ideologies and practices of this present culture that we live in. I don't even know how to combat it. Well, the apostle Peter said it like this, so is the will of God for you that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of these foolish men. I hope tonight that we establish first and foremost that continuing patiently in well-doing is our number one priority. You say, preacher, I thought furthering the gospel was. I thought furthering the church. I thought exalting Jesus Christ. I done told you all that rolls up under that word well-doing. All of those things that he's called you to do, that is the well-doing. 
Everything that he said, be not weary in well-doing, all of those things that you are supposed to do as a child of God, that he, is in, that he is required of us to do as the people of God, those are the things that roll up unto that well-doing statement. It is, it is a results-based performance that he is looking for because, brother, he is expecting out of you and I a patient continuance in this work that we're in. Now, we can't solve the world's problems. It ain't in you or me, but we do have a God that is in us that uses us, amen, as the pieces on the chess table, and he moves us around to orchestrate his goodwill in the lives of other men and women. But what's going to happen if you lay down on God? I can tell you right now, that whole well-doing thing gets abandoned when you and I start allowing our flesh to dictate what we do, what we say, how we feel, where we go, when we do it, all these other things. We need to recognize that the will of God for us is to patiently continue in well-doing. Now, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. I get that. <clears throat> but there could be po- folks watching on YouTube later, and maybe it pricks their heart because they just quit doing anything for God. Maybe their heart got hurt. Maybe, maybe they got set back. Maybe, maybe they got offended over something. Let me tell you something. If, if that's all that it'll take to get you out, the devil will provide that to you this Sunday. Right. Amen. If that's all it's going to take to knock you off your horse, amen, the devil will absolutely make sure he accommodates you and some kind of offense will come, some kind of burden will come. Amen, I've seen him leave over the oddest of things, but may I say to you today what the will of God is for me is that I patiently continue in the well-doing that he has called me to. I can't do yours, you can't do mine, but brother, if we'll lock arms and we'll lock spirit and we'll agree on the word of God, Amen. We can go forward and we can each do our little part and we can see the power of God revealed in us, through us, by him when we patiently continue in the good things of God. I believe we just, some of us need to make up our minds. We just need to make up our minds that no, I ain't giving in. I ain't a laying down. Amen. I done come too far as that old saying goes. I done come too far to turn back now. I'm too close home. Amen. Best I can tell, there ain't much time left anyhow. I'm liable to see the coming of the Lord. Amen. In my lifetime. As a matter of fact, I'm expecting him. I'm just looking for him any minute. But I want to encourage you good people tonight. You say, preacher, I thought you said we wasn't no count. You know what I mean. I love you people. Amen. Because you right there. You right there. There's some of you that you'd give every last thing you had to see this church survive for the sake of Christ. I believe that. And I love that. Amen. I believe God can use that. And I'm so glad tonight that what he's trying to do is to encourage you to hang in there. Don't you give up. Don't you look down. I know you're looking around because you ain't no better than I am. You're looking around. You're missing some people right now. And you're wondering in your heart, where are they? And how come they left us? Where are they? Why ain't they pulling? Why ain't they doing their part? Hey, man, let me tell you a story tonight. God gave me this, and I want to share it with you. It comes right out of the Word of God. We, we find that the old John Mark, who was called of, of the Lord, hey, man, and he was called to do a work for God. 
And the Bible said there that he went with, with old Paul and Barnabas on that first missionary journey. I've told this before, but you can read it in the book of Acts, chapter number 12, chapter number 13. You can read about it. They took John Mark with them, and he went with them as far as Pamphylia. And the Bible said he made up his mind he couldn't go no further. Now, it doesn't say why he let out on him. doesn't say why, Greg, he gave up. doesn't say. He might have had a legitimate reason. I don't know. But I know this. It bothered the Apostle Paul. He didn't like it not one bit. He didn't care for it not one bit that John Mark left them high and dry in Pamphylia. And John Mark went back to Jerusalem while Paul and Barnabas had to press on ahead by themselves. And, brother, when it come time for the second missionary journey, old Barnabas said to Paul, he said, hey, he said, let's get old John Mark again, try to take him with us. And Paul said, he ain't going with me. He said, no, sir, he left me. And he said, he ain't going with me. Now, I want to say something tonight. John Mark was a fine man. We find out in the end, you can read in the last chapter of Second Timothy, when the apostle Paul is penning his last words to, uh, to, to Timothy, he tells him, he said, hey, he said, bring John Mark with you. Hey, he said, for he is profitable for me in the ministry. So I can tell you this much. Old Paul and John Mark made up. They got right. But what the Bible said was is that Barnabas took a second, Barnabas took a different view of what happened to John Mark. Instead of being more accusatory toward John Mark, he said, John Mark, he said, I know you messed up, son, but I ain't a giving up on you. I know you laid it down when you should have kept on, but I ain't a giving up on you. I know you may have got tired and let your flesh make decisions that your heart should have been in control of. He said, but I ain't gave up on you and God ain't gave up on you. And the Bible said that old Barnabas and John Mark went one way and Paul, he got Silas and they went the other way. Here's a man that gave up. Oh, by the way, did I mention he wrote the gospel of Mark? He ended up pretty good feller, didn't he? Paul said he was profitable to me in the ministry. There was a time in John Mark's life when, when he didn't patiently continue well doing. And what the Bible gives us in the book of Acts is a clear account on how people responded to what happened to John Mark. And as I read that, I found myself guilty of both. There are times in any given week that I look around and in hurt and disgust, I say, God, why did they leave me? And in the same week, I'll be on my face weeping, saying, God, help them. Help them. God reached down into their life somehow and help them. I find that I can be either way. It all depends on if I want to take more of a fleshly position like the Apostle Paul did in that particular circumstance or as Barnabas did to be more sympathetic or compassionate toward them that have fallen to the wayside. 
Because I can tell you right now, we could use their help. Ain't nobody denying that we're in a battle here. And we could use some help. And they ain't here. And if you ain't careful, you'll get like the Apostle Paul and you'll write them off. Can't trust them. But is that true? Not according to what happened to John Mark. John Mark needed somebody that was willing to say, hey, get up from there. Yeah, you messed up. Suck it up. Stand up. Let's get right with God. We got work to do. And you can go with me. I get it. Paul don't want you, but you can go with me. Because I still think God's got to work for you. I requested prayer for three men on Monday night at our prayer meeting. Three men that I love. Three men that as a 19, 20-year-old boy, I was called to preach about the same time they were. And all four of us were asked to preach a revival in this community. And we, we four boys went into there wide open. And I mean, we preached our heart out. And we, I, it was the first revival I ever preached. And you know what? Ain't none of them men still in the ministry. Not one. There's a part of me that wants to say, where you been for the last 35 years? Where have you been? But you know what? That's Paul. That's the way Paul was to John Mark. Was he upset? Yeah, he's upset. He have reason to be upset? Why, yeah, John Mark left him. They were in the middle of a missionary journey and John Mark said, I'm going home. You got it. It's all on you. And he left him. Paul said, he ain't doing that to me again. That's the wrong attitude, though. That's the wrong attitude. I'll tell you right now, if, if you think the right attitude is to give up on somebody that's fell in the ditch, that's not biblical. The Bible said if we've got a brother that is in the ditch, he said, you that are spiritual, he said, you get in that ditch with them and you help them up out of there. He said, because it might be you in that ditch tomorrow and you need their help. I'll tell you the position we need to have and that's compassion toward them who have laid down the cross. We need to love them and pray for them. Because I can tell you right now, they need the Lord and we need them. And so we're praying for them. We prayed for those three men Monday night, and we're pr- I've been praying for them every day this week. And I want you to pray for the men that, and the women, amen, that used to go to this church, but they don't go anywhere now. They're somewhere else. And they, they might even hear this, and I want them to know that I love them. <laughs> and I'm a praying for them, and I'm a lifting them up unto God, because I can tell you what he's called me to do is well-doing.
What he's asked me to do is to love them, not judge them, to to care for their soul, to be concerned about where they are and how they're going to get back because I believe that God's will is that all of them come to repentance. Every one of them come home to God and find their place in the house of God and I would pray that you and I would patiently continue in the well-doing of welcoming them home. Because if you're not careful, you fall into the category of the elder brother and the prodigal. I'd never accuse Apostle Paul of that, right? I'll probably see him one day. But I can tell you this. He took one position concerning John Mark and Barnabas took a second. And I can tell you the way that John Mark ended up. Barnabas had the right idea. Barnabas said, I ain't giving up on him. John Mark is a child of God. I ain't giving up on him. I know God's called him. I'm going to stay in there and I'm going to keep trying to help him until he comes out of the, And he did. He did. We, we've got a gospel named after him. He laid in there. And in the end, he was profitable unto God. Why do we continue? Look with me in verse number seven. I'll try to close with this here. Let's look at the, what, the, what the verse said. Now notice in verse number six that what the Bible said is there is coming a day when God will render unto every man according to his deeds. Now from verse number one, what we were talking about was the judgment of God versus the judgment of man. And I can tell you right now, when you go to putting yourself in the spot of a judge, you just messed up. Right. You ain't got enough sense, spiritually speaking, to be the judge of any man, right? You can't tell what's in a man's heart. You don't know the depth or the need of any man's soul. You might know that they left you. You might know that they laid down on you. You might know that they went back to Jerusalem. But I'll tell you right now, God knows more than you do. God knows the end result. And I can tell you in the end, God wants them to come home. He'll render unto every man according to their deeds. But let's look what the Bible said. Now, I'm going to give this to you in the here and then the there. Romans chapter number two, verse number seven. I'm going to read it again. To whom by patient continuance and well-doing seek for. I want you to look. He's fixing to give them three things that they seek for. He said they seek for glory. I'm talking about them who patiently continue in well-doing. They're seeking for glory, honor, and immortality. You say, preacher, are you sure we're supposed to be seeking glory and honor? Let me see if we can help us with what that means in the here. I'm talking about right now. Right now, the children of God are looking for the glory. Anybody ever been, everybody, ever been in the presence of the Holy Ghost? When it gets so big, you don't know what to do. You've been in the presence of the Spirit of God when you couldn't help but shout it out or to praise him or to laugh or to cry or to, or to pray. Or, amen. I love it when the glory comes out, don't you? I'll tell you right now, when I come into the church, I'm seeking his glory. I'm looking for that which is holy to come and for me to be in his presence. I ain't looking for something that's the same as what you can get in the world. I'm not looking to be entertained by anybody or anything. I am looking to experience the glory of the Almighty as he comes in our presence. 
That's the here. And you know what? To those that patiently continue in well-doing, he said, seek for that. Look for that. Look for that. The Bible that said that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. You want to seek for something? How about seeking for something that is of him? Something that is of the glory of God that moves on. I got to move on. Number one, we can seek after the presence of the Holy Spirit down here, but we can also seek for the honor. You say, what honor? The honor of having a life that is obedient to the will of God. The honor of having a life that, that adheres to the, to, to the word of God himself. When we live in a way that exalts Christ above our own wishes, our own wants, our own un- unwillingness to stand, but we stand anyway is what he said in the book of Galatians. When you've done all to do to stand, he said stand therefore. We don't give up. We don't back up. We don't turn around. And when you've done those things, brother, there's an honor in it. There's an honor with being able to bow on your knees before God. And friend, know that the offense, the offense that you once had is no longer there. But then there's immortality. And I can tell you for us that are here, we are obviously seeking something that is better. This whole life is going to perish, but there is something inside of me that it's, it's never going to perish but let's look, at the, let's look at the there. You say, why are you telling me this? Because what he's saying is, is that there is a reward. For the people of God, there is a reward for patient continuance and well-doing. What is the reward? Ultimately, the great reward will be the glory in heaven, the honor in heaven, and the immortality, the everlasting life. In heaven. That's what's coming. That's, that's, that's what's going to come to you and I today. You say, well, as long as I get in. Right? I despise that statement. Because if that's your attitude, you need to get right with God. Because your heart is wicked. If you think for one minute all you want to do is get in under the blood of Christ who died for you and you don't want to have anything to do with him other than that. You don't want to work for him. You don't want to serve him. You don't want to be faithful. You don't want to attend church. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to pray. You don't want to witness. You don't want to do anything for God. And you think you got something to look forward to when you get to heaven I'm fixing to read you something that tells different. There is a reward for them that diligently seek him. And the apostle gives us that reward here. He says, look, to those that have the patient continuance in well-doing, they are seeking after something greater. They're seeking after glory. We will be in his glory in heaven. They're seeking after honor for those that have done the work. Do you know there's rewards in heaven? And those rewards will equal honor in that place. And then there's immortal, immortality, eternal life. All right, we'll close with this. Anytime that there is the promise of something good, you can almost count that if you don't 
meet those qualifications, there is something that's bad. There's an opposite to good, and that's evil. Let me read it to you. Verse number 8, Romans chapter number 2. Here's what he said. Vicky, come get a song if you would. He said, but under them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, obey indignation, they obey wrath. Here's what's coming. Tribulation and anguish. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. You see, the reward of the wicked is without doubt terrifying. And if you're here tonight and you're lost, let me encourage you tonight. This message, I realize, ain't necessarily for the lost, but let's be clear. If you know right now that you're lost and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, you need to run to this altar and cry out to God. You need to come get saved tonight. You don't need to take a chance on one more moment in this world lest God come and speak for you, call you out of this world and you lost and undone without God. You better get saved. There is a judgment coming for the wicked. And it is terrifying. It is terrifying. But I want to tell you about the judgment of those that are going to heaven. I done told you about those that continue patient in well-doing. There are rewards. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. This is coming from your Bible now. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Read it, verse number 13 through 15. I'm going to read it for you. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Did you hear it? Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, built, built upon what? Well, if you read the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you'd have heard him say, there is no other foundation which can be laid except Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. So who's he talking to? He's talking to the saved. Because the only people that can build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ are the born again. So who's he talking about? Every man's work shall be made manifest. He's talking about you. He's talking about every born-again believer is going to be judged. And their works will be tried to determine what sort they are. What do you mean? Well, whether they were good or bad. Because I assure you, you got some bad ones. And he's going to try our lives by the fire of his eyes of righteousness. He will examine every thought, every intent, every deed of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which means it survived his trial. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive 
a reward. We like that part. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You mean if I go to heaven, I can suffer loss? That's what it said. You mean it matters then how I live? Yes. You will regret. I will regret standing before the almighty, righteous, compassionate, merciful God one day. I'll regret many of the things that I have done because they wasn't of him. And those things that that are tried by the fire of his eyes, they will burn up. They're wood, hay, and stubbles, what he said. They're, they're, just, they're just flammable materials. They're just going to burn, and he shall suffer loss. There's a great need for us to patiently continue in well-doing. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you'll reap if you, if you don't faint. But he didn't say you would reap if you give up. No, we infer the opposite here. If you give up, you will not reap. I don't care what you've sown. If you give up, you don't reap it. He said patient, continuance, and well-doing. That means we got to give our all every day don't give up don't sit down don't lay down quit making excuses and if it's somebody watching the YouTube we love you and we're praying for you but I ain't got nothing but truth to tell you you need to get back in the battle for God you will not win this way you ain't gonna win if you give up we need a patient continuance in well doing and there's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of precious souls in this building that live that. And so I'm encouraging you, press on. Don't give up now. Press on. Don't you lay it down now. Keep on. You hold on. He done made the promise. Those that diligently seek him, he's a rewarder of them. He's a rewarder of them. Take this serious tonight. It matters how you live. It matters that it's seven days a week. It matters that it's for God. It'll also matter if it ain't. Because you'll be judged for it all. We have an opportunity through the well-doing of Christ through us to shine our lights to the dark of this world that they might see him too. Don't give up. As we stand to sing, don't give up. If your heart's not right with God tonight, you need to get right. Don't give up. Come pray. We'll pray all night if that's what we need to do, but don't give up. Make a commitment to God and keep it. Stick to it. If you're going to make a vow, you better keep it. 
You joined this church. You made a covenant, by the way. You better keep it. Because there is somebody that's writing it down. Matters to him. Matters to him. I hope our heart tonight for every precious soul that's missing from us, I hope our heart tonight is to lift them up before God and say, God, bring them home. God, here I am. If I can be a conduit of your goodness and your mercy that they might see your goodness and and it leads them to repentance, here I am. I'm yielded and I'm ready. Use me. Help me. But I'm going to stand in the gap for them. I'm going to make up the hedge for my people that I love and I miss and I I desire more than anything for them to be back home. Patient continuance and well-doing. If you're here and need the Lord, would you come?